worst quarterbacks have been paid more. And unless you think Josh Allen turns into a complete potato this year, which just isn't going to happen. I just I think that's I think that's short-sighted. But hey, look, the beauty of America is especially now and I think we see this on display a lot is that you can live under a rock, ignore reality, and you'll still have a platform. Who you betting on? Always on black bass stats in the pocket hole squad fast tag. Send the bookie tell him bring it from the bag. No we coming for the bag. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the few in attendance and the thousands listening around the world, let's get ready to gamble. My name is Tony Cavallo. As always, I'm joined by Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, who missed his cue once again. (laughs) Chafer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer, Crookston. Hello. Hello. We are the West Coast Gambler, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. And a, uh, the only gambling show that makes you money. Today, today, it officially begins. We're in breakdown mode. We are going through the divisions one by one, starting today all the way through this week for the AFC, next week for the NFC, and we're playing the game that Mrs. Crookson hates the most. It's time for the marry, fuck, kill. Now, if you've never listened to the show before, this is how we do the divisional breakdowns. This is how we give our thoughts on how the year is going to go in each division. The, each uh, a host is going to give a team that they're going to marry. The marry means that's the division winner. That's the team that's on the top. Give them the crown already. Then we're each going to fuck a team. We're going to take one home after a nice dinner, maybe a glass of wine or two. This is the team that we think is going to be frisky, the one that we think might make the playoffs, might be itching at the back of the one we're going to marry, and then we're going to kill a team. That's easy. The team that's going to shoot under expectations. They might not be the team that finishes fourth, but they're the team that we think is going to be under where everyone else says they're going to be at. And these shows are huge, folks. These divisions are huge. This year is huge. We are ready to dive into these uh, divisions one by one, starting with the AFC East. But I have an important announcement because every single one of these divisions is going to have a guest attached to it. That's right. Eight straight episodes Eight straight guests, and we're going to be taking experts from each division, throwing them in the show, making sure that we know exactly what we're talking about, and it's not just a Green Bay Packers fan here telling you why the Miami Dolphins are going to be feisty this year. Nay, nay, nay. We have experts for each one, and it starts right now. So let me catch my breath, and we introduce our guest. He is a returning guest for this Show for when he's not breaking bread with Pinto Ron, getting doused with ketchup and mustard, and throwing himself from a medium height through a plastic table onto a concrete slab. He likes to come on this show and talk about the greatness of the Bills Mafia. This man is a former roommate, a college roommate of Schaefer the Sharp. And we've had Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio appear on other podcasts as the Delhi News correspondent, but this guest today is a world-renowned critic of Jewish delis from across the country. I am very pleased to have him on the show. We've had him on before. And uh, I, let's get right to it, my man. Let's welcome to the show Mr. Buffalo Brett Borock himself. He may have introduced the word NARD to Southern Michigan in 2004, but today he is introducing <laughs> the divisional breakdowns to the West Coast gamblers. Welcome to the show, Borock. Thank you so much, Tony. I appreciate it. And obviously, uh, quite the introduction. Great background there. Uh, I'm not real sure where uh, 
where you got all that great information. But uh, well, no idea. I have a que- <laughs> I have a question for you because I didn't know this bit about the the Jewish deli portion, and that 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 warms my heart because I am a huge fan of delis from all over the world, no matter Italian, Greek, Jewish, you name it. If you have lovely smoked meats and homemade pastries and sauces and and other cold cuts, I'm there. So I have to ask you. For me, I know a big portion, a big uh, part of the way I judge. A deli, particularly one that that delivers sandwiches like a Jewish deli, is how good their pickles are, and if they make them in house. Do you feel like do you feel like that's a good gauge for my? Because some people have been like, really, how can you judge a deli by it's like, what if the pastrami's? Made? I'm like, no. If, if I eat a nice kosher spear, and I know it was made there in house, I feel pretty confident about the rest of what's on my plate. Is that? Do you feel like that's accurate? Dangles, that's very accurate. I think the biggest thing when you talk about pickles too, they, they have to be made in-house. And yes. even more so, uh, I think when you are talking about the Jewish deli, and I'm a, I'm a sandwich connoisseur of all kinds, just kind of like Ditto. yourself. Um, but they have to be kind of served you know, as, as an appetizer, as like, hey, let's nosh on these while we eat. Or, mm-hmm. hey, what type of pickle do you want with your sandwich? Are you new yes. to old dill garlic, et cetera? I think it's a great barometer for where uh, for where Jewish delis or delis really, I guess any sandwich can be uh, can be really ranked. So I love it. I appreciate that take. I love it. You know, I, I suppose this is on me. I should have foreseen that if I was going to bring up Jewish delis, we were going to spend the first five minutes of the divisional breakdown talking about pickles. That's on me. Folks. You get what That's you pay for. You get what you <laughs> yeah. pay for. Jay for the chart. Are you excited, man? It's football season. It's time to talk about these teams. It's time to lay our stakes down. I forgot to mention at the top that each of the hosts here and the guests are giving out a bet today. We are giving out season-long win totals at the end of this show for this division. How excited are you, my man? Well, it's only fitting that I can have my old college pal, uh, Mr. Brett Borak, on to introduce the football season. Many, many college days watching all the games uh, at Wayside. Uh, Wayside West, which is no longer an establishment when someone almost got murdered there. Actually, maybe they got murdered there. That, that's the story for another day. However, Where is this uh, Borak, show going? But Borak, Borak is the first, he's the first guy that introduced me to going to a place, a restaurant, and watching all the games on the big screen. Because as a Lions fan, I could just watch my local game on TV with the volume. I was very comfortable. He was the one that originally introduced me. Why would you want to watch good football across the NFL when you could watch the dumpster fire that is the Detroit Lions? He was the first one to introduce me to actually going to a place, an establishment, having all the games on the TV. We spent many Sundays together, so I cannot wait. It's going to be a great year, guys. Happy to be back. I'm pumped about it. I'm pumped about it. And we are playing the MFK game. I'm excited to get into it. Mr. Borock, before we dive into it, I know you're a Bills fan. They were at the precipice last year. They have a great young kid, Josh Allen, they gave a boatload of money to. We're going to get into your outlook of the team, but uh, uh, how's the feeling about Buffalo Bills Mafia? Like, are you guys walking around like with your chins held high, your chest puffed out? You guys got to be confident now. Man, I, I got to tell you, Tony, I, I think the biggest thing and in, in kind of what's such unfamiliar territory for me right now is we're, we're kind of in that, that driver's seat of it's almost like Super Bowl or bust type of expectations. And I, I can never, yes, I know Drew's going to really give me some shit about this, but you know, yeah, the bills are going to be great every year and I'm optimistic. It's a new season. They haven't made the playoffs in 19 years, but Hey, we're here. This team is freaking loaded on both sides of the ball. Um, and I mean, yeah, they, they didn't really quite match up to the Kansas city chiefs last year in that game. They had, a, they themselves say, Hey, we didn't, we didn't play very well. They, they really didn't, but Kansas city was that much better. And, and so when I look at, at this year's excitement, this team, the depth, 
everything that they have going on, I, my expectations are obviously the highest they've ever been, and I couldn't be more excited for this upcoming season. Well, let's do what we can to break those expectations down and bring it back down to earth because it is his time to marry, fuck, kill the AFC East. Dangles is here in his New England Patriots blazer. Let's go. So I'm excited. We have a whole new Patriots team. The Dolphins are there. The Jets have a quarterback. This is a fun it, division like to look oh. at. Even as even as bad as the Jets probably will be, I'm still excited to see Zach Wilson play. I sincerely, for his sake, hope I'm wrong. Because, well, okay, I hate the Jets, so I don't hope I'm wrong. But I hope for Zach Wilson's sake that I'm wrong, because I do want to see that kid do well. But I think every team in this division brings something, some potential to the table. It's certainly more fun to talk about than some of the other divisions we're going to be discussing in the coming weeks. So I, I think I know where Dangles is going. I think I know where Bo Rock is going. So let's start with Schaefer the Sharp, all right? We usually save the resident Sharp for last, but I want to start with the expert here. My friend, let's start our official divisional previews, the first one we're doing. Give out the first marry of the year. We're starting in the AFCs. Where are you going, Drew? For the first time in about 18 years, I can confidently say, based on the logo of my hat, I am completely tying my lot <laughs> to the Buffalo Bills. I am going to Orchard Lake. Absolutely. How can you not? I mean, this team really being friends with Bullock for as long as I have. I've, I've, I've watched years of terrible Bills football simultaneously with terrible the Lions football. And last year, that team did something to me. I, I became a makeshift fan. Josh Allen, I'll tell you what, uh, one of my favorite players. And I think the biggest the biggest addition this team had, I believe, in the offseason uh, was not lose not losing uh, Brian Dable, their offensive coordinator. Obviously, he had looks other places. He probably saw the Lions and Texans job and said, eh, I'll probably stay in Buffalo. Uh, smart man. Obviously, we just heard the contract. Josh Allen, six years, $258 million. Uh, 150 mil guaranteed. Uh, I saw a quote from Mike Lombardi. In 40 years of covering football, he's never seen a player surprise him more than Josh Allen did last year. He went from bottom five in completion percentage his first two years to top five in completion percentage his third year. And to put that in perspective, I was listening to a Straight Out of Vegas uh, uh, podcast. They said the equivalent of it would be like Shaq uh, all of a sudden one year shooting 80% from the line. I mean, it was, it was insane. And I, listen, I know this isn't our fuck segment, but Josh Allen, I just want to say again, <laughs> love the guy, very attractive man. If you proposition to me to eat like a foot-long hot dog on either end and meet in the middle, Lady in the Tramp style, I might take him <laughs> off on that. I am marrying the Buffalo Bills. All right, let's go to Buffalo. Brett, man, what do you got for us, Bo Rock? Are you marrying your bills as well? Uh, you know what? I, I am. How can, how can I not? Obviously, you know, this is such an exciting time, as I mentioned early on. But I think when you look at, yes, Josh Allen, I mean, he's unbelievable in terms of what he did over the last year, how he's played in, in pretty big moments aside from that Kansas City game. Like I said, didn't play poorly, but didn't play his best but really taking a look at what they did with keeping the team intact. I mean, they have 21 players coming back that literally started games for that team last year. Yeah. And and you yeah. keep both coordinators who, like you mentioned it, Drew, day ball on the offensive side. Leslie Frazier should get another look at head coach on the defensive side. Sean McDermott has that team just, just locked in, and they are two to three deep at almost every single position right now where there's going to be the sixth, seventh, and eighth wide receiver that might be a number two to three guy on most teams right now. And, and so their offense, I think they're going to get the running game back in, back in action. I think they're going to put a little more emphasis on being a little more balanced this year. But overall, um, how could I not marry this team? They're fun to watch. They care about the game. 
um, they they're just they're just a really fun team to follow, even if you're not a diehard Bills fan. They're a very fun team. They have a lot of fun players. The fans are awesome. It's going to be a great atmosphere with fans in the stands. I'm excited to watch them go. And yeah, Josh Allen. There's no one, really, no one in the NFL more exciting to watch because you don't know what you're going to get out of him. And that run game needs to come back though because they were almost a 60-40 split when it came to pass versus run. And while passing more is obviously more effective, especially in that day ball offense, they're going to need Zach Moss and Singletary to produce to continue to have the success that they have. But Dangles, before I go, I want to see what the man in the Patriots blazer has to say. We've had two Buffalo Marys already. Are you going to make it a third? I think I have to. I mean, they're the team to beat in the division. You know, I, I'll talk a little bit about the Patriots later on. But look, this this Buffalo team, as you said, Brett, is stacked from top to bottom. They run a couple deep. They have studs at every single position group on the offensive side and the defensive side. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders is old, but he he adds to a wide receiver, uh, you know, a wide receiver core, a veteran aspect to a, an already very good wide receiver core. An excellent offensive line. The run game, as you mentioned, Tony needs to improve this year. But Josh Allen seemed to do okay without it in, in 2020. I love this build team this year even as a as a you know as an in-division rival my sister lived in Buffalo for a long time and you know we went to school in upstate New York so so that area is close to my heart and I love seeing this city get behind this team like after so long and and being down for so long and being kind of the laughing stock and the write-off of the league now they're a fucking force to be reckoned with in the AFC East and and nobody's more aware of that as, than me as a Patriots fan we have them twice in the last five weeks of the season so that's going to be uh that's going to be really interesting I love what the Bills bring to the table this year they brought back almost everyone they need to. I'm definitely marrying them in the AFC East. That's three in a row. Let's go to me, man. I, I mean, we're going to start this off. Do we make it a clean sweep? Well, let me bring you back to week eight. Okay, week eight of last year's NFL season. It was New England at Buffalo, and this game was awesome. New England came in at two and four. Buffalo, I believe, was five and two. And this game, they were at each other's throats the whole entire game, neck and neck, back and forth. High scoring game, too. Both teams are in the 30s. Cam Newton has his team only down three, driving down the field in the red zone. And Cam Newton breaks out of the pocket to run for a first down, goes diving, and the ball pops out. And it lands in a Buffalo player's chest. And after that point, Buffalo goes straight up. They only lose one more game till the playoffs for the rest of the season. New England, straight down. I don't know if that happens again this year. I don't know if that happens again last year. If Cam Newton holds on to that ball and they score there, they win in Buffalo week eight. Suddenly, New England is going up. Buffalo is going down. Listen, every single year. Every single year, we see a team that was at the top of the NFL struggle to repeat success and ends up not quite getting there. And every single year, we see a team out of the playoff that vaults to be a division winner. Who better to bet on than Bill Belichick and the the New England Patriots? Listen, I understand the struggles of Cam Newton. I understand them entirely. I also understand he had absolutely zero skill position players to throw the ball to last year. Now he has a solidified running back game in Damian Harris and James White. Now he has guys in the middle of the field like Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. Now he has Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, They aren't world beaters on the outside, but they are better than what they had last year. And if you throw Mac Jones in there, who I think is a very good quarterback as a rookie who can complete the Josh McDaniels offense behind a very good offensive line and an improved offensive line, I think that offense is where it can be well past last year. And then the defense 
gets four starters back from COVID protocols, including Dante Hightower, including signing Matthew Judon, who I I panned. I thought that was way too much money, but if you see him in the preseason, he is all over the field. I love this New England team. I am fully going into it. I think Gillette Stadium is going to be rocking. They're ready to see a new player. Did you see them give a standing ovation to Mac Jones when he took the field in the first preseason game? They are ready for the return. They've licked their wounds from the Tampa Bay. My dad was flying a Tampa Bay Buccaneers flag in Weymouth, Massachusetts. That's how much they didn't care about the New England Patriots last year. No, that's how much your dad didn't care about the New England Patriots (laughs) last year. Do not speak for all of New England that way. This year, it is different, and this year, I am fully marrying, fully in the train of Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, and the New England Patriots. Matt Patricia's back, baby. It's all up from here. I'm going with the marry. Drew, you have something to say. Tony... Tony, I have no problem with that take. It was well thought out, and and, and we'll talk, I'm sure, more. But yeah, we will record, talk a little because there's what, a few things I want to pick apart in that. When we have, when as long as we have Mr. Bark here as a Bills fan, I want it on record. I want you to look him in the face, in the eyes, and express to him, Josh Allen is a top five quarterback in the NFL, which you denied like doubting Thomas all last year. Look him in the face and tell him, Josh Allen, top five quarterback in the NFL. Please do it now. I will say to you, Bo Rock, that I completely agree with Michael Lombardi that no player in the NFL has surprised me more than Josh Allen. And that's where I will stop my uh, okay. recognition. Okay. Okay. Tony, I'm with you. I'm with you. I agree. He, I mean, I, I was still screaming at him every week. What, throw it away. Put, tuck the ball away. Two hands on the ball. And last year, he was a completely different player. Like that. Those types of colossal jumps don't happen very often. No, they don't. And, and so I'm even shocked myself. And and now it's to the point but, where I'm like, well, this guy deserves $260 million, and he actually does? Worst quarterbacks have been paid more. And unless you think Josh Allen turns into a complete potato this year, which just isn't going to happen, right. I just I think, that's, I think that's short-sighted. But, hey, look, the beauty of America is, especially now, and I think we see this on display a lot, is that you can live under a rock, ignore reality, and you'll still have a platform. So here Dang we old. are. Dangles, I'm not here saying that uh, Josh Allen is a terrible quarterback. I'm here saying the New England Patriots are going to be 10 times better than they were last year. That's I hope, why I'm I marrying hope you're right. the New I England hope you're Patriots. Right. I do hope you're right. I just think I think I think you're missing a dose of, of healthy skepticism with a team that uh, that has gotten better at a lot of positions, but we're still and very questionable at the quarterback spot. And until I see some more consistency there, I don't know if I can sign on and say this team is better all around than the Buffalo Bills, as good as Bill Belichick is, as good as he a play caller he is, and as much as I am all, also behind you on the fact that you can't bet against the guy until he gives you a reason to bet against the guy. Um, but I'll tell you what, I'm who I'm more excited about than James White and fucking uh, uh, Damian Harris in a running game is Ramondre Stevenson and J.J. Taylor, who are having an insane preseason. I'm not even thinking about James White in this in this offense as more than a maybe once in third down back. But I mean, look, I, I mean, I guess I'll give my fuck away now. It's the New England Patriots. I think that I think that, that they're going to be an improved team this year. Um, but I do think they're still they're not quite as good as the Bills, and I do think we have some question marks, uh, you know, across the roster. Look, bringing in as many veterans as we did can be a double-edged sword. Yeah, they can be good, but we paid a lot, a lot of money for tight ends that are like mid-teens as far as production. Now we love our two tight end sets. I know that, but 
that's a lot of money to pay for something that's not necessarily a, a sure a sure thing. Um, and again, on the defensive side of the ball, yes, we bring back Hightower, we get Devon Gotcha, we get Matthew Judon, we get Jalen Mills. These guys are all, you know, they've been around a little while. And they're again, they're mid-tier guys. Serviceable, good, not great. Again, leaps and bounds better. Do we win more than seven games? Yes. Um, am I leaning towards the over for the Patriots? Yes. We'll talk about that later. Um, I'm just not ready to sign up for them as a division winner. I just, I can't, I can't, I can't get there just yet, I don't think. And I need to see a little bit more just because we don't know what the quarterback position is going to be like over there. We don't. Uh, as George Michael once said, Dangles, you got to have faith. Drew, where are you going with your fuck, my man? Well, after those two uh, monologues from our, our co-hosts, <laughs> I, I'm going to, I'm just, I'm just gonna follow. I'm just gonna follow suit and say I I will fuck the Patriots for the simple reason, uh, and I have to give credit to to our man Dangles because you know the Patriots were so pathetic last year and their offense was just abysmal, and 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 everyone you know including all of us the three of us were just like what are they doing with these signings? There's no value in them. They're spending way too much money. They they got Cam back. He's terrible. Somehow that team won seven fucking games last year. Somehow, yep. some way, they won seven games. This isn't a team that was four and twelve or three and thirteen. They won seven games. So I'll talk more on them later. However, I do think um, you know the obvious answer to me here is for my little uh, my fling. And if it goes bad, I can just kind of kick him to the curve or ghost him on ghost him later on. Is definitely I'm jumping into bed with Bill Belichick and the, and the Patriots for now. Buffalo Borock, who are you fucking, my guy? Yeah, no, I, you know, Dangles, I got to give you a little, uh, just a little shout out to uh, the one player I watched over the last probably three or four years, because he actually went to my high school is Matthew Judon. Okay. And and, I love it. And when I, you know, when I used to watch, I'm like, this guy is fucking unbelievable. He's all over the field. He gets to the quarterback. Every time I'm on a commercial for the bills and I flip to another channel, the guys, the guy's making a sack. Like Mm -hmm. I think he is a crazy difference maker for that defense. And I know they're, you know, it's a Bill Belichick run defense, et cetera. But I, I wanted to just give you a little, um, little insight into my, into my, uh, I guess I'll say, you know, from a fan's perspective, um, I kind of have a crush on Matthew. Judon, I love it. So. He's been in the backfield a lot in the preseason early on, early on in the game against the Eagles. He got a sack. He was, he was causing trouble for, for Jalen hurts. I I'm very happy with what I seen. He was probably, he was probably my favorite of the off season signings. Maybe aside from, I think Johnny Smith, he's my favorite on the defensive side of the ball for sure. Yeah. I really wanted the bills to sign him. He was a, re- a little too rich for their blood, but mm-hmm. I, I think I'm, I'm, very nervous about him. Uh, I, he's a difference maker. But in terms of who I'm fucking, I'm going with the Miami Dolphins. Um, I am not necessarily a, a Tua guy. I, I God, I, We just feasted on them last year. We have been feasting on them for many years now. I just think they have – I think Flores is a really, really top-notch coach. I think he's got his guys ready to play. I think Tua's going to make um, enough of a difference and enough of a jump this year to keep his team in games – where they're going to be competitive all the way to all the way to the end where they can make one extra play and maybe win that game. I think their defense is tenacious. They have two fantastic corners who one of them was on on his way out of town and somehow they made a men's meet and said, "Hey, Xavier, you should come play with the Miami Dolphins this year and we're going to make things work." And he said, "Sure, sounds good." I I just think that they're going to be really really aggressive on both sides of the ball. Another crush player for me, Mike Jacecki, the tight end for for the Dolphins. That guy is fucking everywhere. 
Mm-hmm. And he torched the Bills the last game. I think he had 10 <laughs> catches for 144 yards or something. I mean, they can't stop the guy. He's one of the most underrated players in the National Football League. I just really like what the Dolphins have done. I'm almost nervous to play them this year because of the way the Bills have walloped them the last three or four years. And Josh Allen, say what you want about him the previous three years or the previous two years before this last year, he dominated the Dolphins. I just think they have something up their sleeve and they're going to have a chance to really be in some games. So I'm, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to fuck the dolphins here. I, I think a lot of it rides on Tua. a lot of it rides on Tua. It I does. feel like if Tua if Tua stinks, that team is in trouble. They stink. If he stinks, I agree. Borak, uh, you kind of stole my thunder there. Cause that's who I'm taking home as well. Who doesn't like a little Miami hottie to take <laughs> home for one night. I'm there with the Dolphins. Listen, I was I was really debating this because their offensive line last year was really bad. And that's what really started the whole problems with Tua not being able to A, run the Chan Gailey offense, which was a an old prehistoric offense. That's gone now too. But that offensive line really couldn't protect Tua to have those guys on the outside get deep and get open. That's why you saw Giuseppe catch so much and Gaskin so much out of the backfield because that's all that was there. Except I did some research and I didn't know this. That offensive line has a first-round pick from 2020, has a second-round pick from 2021, has a third-round pick from 2019, and a second-round pick from 2020. That means they're young guys. So, of course, they're going to struggle the first few years in the league. And if any of these guys were good draft picks and actually get to improve upon their draft stock, that offensive line will only take a step forward, which will allow Tua Tagliavoa to take a step forward and the offense to take a step forward. I love the defense. They have two of the best and highest-paid cornerbacks in the league. And you brought up Xavier and Howard. How often do we see that end amicably for both sides? How often do we see a situation yeah, like amicably, that? Amicably, as far as like we're concerned. You don't think he's still a little bitter about what went down no he got paid yeah he got paid he got what he wanted now he's playing in the defense he knows he's not on a new team you don't you don't write you don't write uh you don't write a post like that detailing deep-seated issues within the way the organization pays attention to its its best players and And then then just sweep it all under the rug when you get it you might you might you might say okay i'm fine with it for now but you take the payday and you remember that for next time around i guarantee you you sweep it under a 60 million guaranteed rug maybe you do i'm just saying if you think xavian howard's completely forgotten about that then you're living on another planet dangles you're an idiot. This is this is. I'm not going to say he's going to no. buy Brian Flores a Christmas gift. I'm saying he's going to play football for the team. He's going to play football. The sure. He wants to be paid. I'm just saying maybe he doesn't. Maybe all of him doesn't want to be there. We're talking about this year, and I'm talking about Byron Jones and Xavier Howard being two of the top five cornerbacks in the league, playing on either side. I think this defense comes to play. I love Flores as well. I think the offense improves. I'm going to fuck this team and be okay with it. I think they're a playoff team, especially in the AFC. I'm excited to watch them play this year. And again, Chan Gailey gone benefits both sides. Drew, you got something to say. Tony, I'm just going to take the initiative and lead off with my kill because I'm going to be on the opposite sides of the coin of you and Borak here. I am killing the Dolphins for my kill. And here's why. This is just a straight fade of Tua. It really is. And, 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 I, and I'll tell you why it's a straight fade of two is because I do watch some college football. Me and Borak are tortured by being Michigan football fans. And uh, it hasn't been a great decade and a half for us, but that's a podcast for another day. But I watched a lot of Alabama. And when I saw Mac Jones do for that Alabama offense, yes, I know he had Jalen Wilde. Yes, I know he had Devonta Smith. Yes, I know he had, you know, the best offensive line and all these draft picks. Mac Jones was better than that offense than Tua. And I know you can say, oh, well, that's, you know, that's, that's saving, blah, blah, blah. 
Mac Jones wasn't on. He wasn't on anyone's radar. He wasn't yeah. even a, 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 a top, top hot top hundred in McShay's big board. He comes into Tuscaloosa last year and absolutely lights it up. And to me, but the lack of confidence that Flores had in Tua in, in crunch time. And I'm not saying, of course, this is his second year. I'm not. I'm not writing. I'm not writing Tua off forever. I'm not labeling him bust or anything like that. It's a straight fade of Tua here because. I don't believe in him. I really don't. I, you couldn't bet on him last year. You couldn't trust him. For God's sakes, they had Ryan Fitzpatrick come in like a fucking bullpen. That was unprecedented in the NFL. And guess who they signed in the offseason this year? Jacoby Brissett, the classic, not good enough to start, but the Band-Aid. I think that, I think that was very intentional signing. You know, if Tua struggles early, I can see them almost doing this Brissett thing. And to me, what I'm reading between the tea leaves in Dolphins camp is like, Tua's good. He's serviceable. They drafted him fifth overall. This is supposed to be a franchise guy, and I'm not sure if Flores thinks he's a franchise guy. I agree with everything you guys said about Xavier Howard, about Byron Jones, especially about Jacecki Borak. That guy is a fucking monster. We saw him at we saw him at Penn State. Very small man. Oh my god, just he's incredible. So I like Flores. I like the future. I like the future of this Dolphins franchise. I really do. However, this year I'm killing the Dolphins. It's a straight fate of Tua. Print this take is either going to be really good or really bad at the end of the year, either way. But I'm killing the fish. Uh, Bo Rock, who are you killing, my guy? Oh, man. I, I mean, you got to, I'm, I'm killing the Jets here. I, I mean, yeah. they, they just, I mean, what I really think Zach Wilson has an incredible amount of upside. He looks like a 17 year old kid. I don't know. He might be 17. Who knows? But he is, uh, he's electric. He really is. And I think, I think he's got a good chance to be a really good player. I just don't know if they have enough of a supporting cast that has any type of continuity um, to, to make him successful this early on. And, and we're talking about 2021, right? We're not talking about long-term. We're talking about yep. this year. Um, listen, he has some weapons. You know, you got Corey Davis and, and some players they brought in. Um, they have some speed. I think their defense with Carl Lawson would have been pretty good. He's out. That's a I huge know. blow. Tough loss. Um, and you take a look at their defensive line. They're going to have a really tough time getting to the quarterback now. I think it's going to, I think it's going to cause some issues. I just don't think I, I, I like, I, I like what their head coach has done. I like their message. I think they're headed in the right direction, but they're a little early. Um, I, if they win six games, I'd be really surprised. Yeah. Their, their, their number right now in, uh, in Vegas is six games for the season long win total dangles. Who are you killing in this division? My guy. I also have to go uh, with the New York Jets here, um, and and I again, I just don't think there's a lot going for them outside of Zach Wilson, and even in the quarterback room, guys. Let's you know, I hope again, I've said before, I hope Zach Wilson is very good. Do you want to know how many passes the guys behind Zach Wilson in the Jets quarterback room have thrown in the NFL ever? I'll give you a hint. It rhymes with hero. Fucking zero, none. Zip. Jamison Crowder has thrown more passes in the NFL than anyone in the Jets quarterback room right now. Oh. <laughs> Zach Wilson is not good. This team is in big trouble. We're talking like Luke Falk trouble. Like this is not this is not good. This is not good for them. And I just, I, you know, again, good good talk about Michael Carter coming out of camp. Sure. Corey Davis, maybe the cheapest number one wide receiver you'll find in fantasy, right? Yeah. Keep, keep an eye on him in the late rounds, potentially, because a lot of targets go in his way. Definitely. Um, but, uh, but again, you know, this, they're not a, not a super strong defense. 
not a great offensive line, not a lot going for the Jets outside of Zach Wilson. So they are my kill this year. Also, Corey Davis, proud alum of me and Borax, Elmer Mater, which were frequent donors to Western Michigan <laughs> University. Go Broncos. Kazoo, kazoo. Go Broncos. Okay, go Tony. I got it real quick, real quick. Corey Davis is a very, very average number one wide receiver in my opinion. Oh, I said fantasy and fantasy okay. value. Look, fantasy. Good value. Good late, good late round value Fair for enough. a number one wide receiver in fantasy. That's, that's what I, that's what Fair I said. Enough. Yeah, no, Sorry, I missed mediocre <laughs> real life number yeah. one wide yeah. receiver. But if you can steal him in a late round, he's going to get a lot of targets. In I that will offense. agree with that hundred percent. And I will agree that I think the New York Jets are the fourth best team in this division. I think they finished last. Absolutely. I, I love Robert Sala, though. I love that he's no longer in San Fran. I want him to Bay succeed. Who doesn't? Who, everyone love, speaks so highly of him. Like, everyone. I also, I also love offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur and what he's been able to do in the past, and now he has the reins to run a whole offense. I'm not the biggest fan of Zach Wilson. I think Justin Fields was the second-best quarterback in this draft class, but again, I've been wrong on quarterbacks before, a.k.a. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. <laughs> um but I will say, uh, when it comes to the kill, this is a game where you try to have guys shoot under expectations with this kill. I think the New York Jets, everyone expects them to be the fourth-ranked team in this division. And I don't think they're worse than that. I don't think they're the drafted number one, two, or three overall this year. I do think they win a handful of games against the, the Houstons and Detroits of the world. I think they're right on where everyone expects them to be. I'm killing the Buffalo Bills. Listen, do I think they're a playoff team? Absolutely fighting for a playoff team. I do not think they're the world beaters that they were last year. Because all the things you guys said here, who made a bigger jump last year than Josh Allen? Nobody. Mike Lombardi said he's never been surprised by someone else in the entire the NFL. That's Green one Bay, fucking football talking head. Green Bay uh, had the best offense in the NFL last year, and second place was Buffalo. Those were the two best offenses in any statistical category you've seen anywhere from last year. And all I hear about talking about Aaron Rodgers coming back in this offense is how it can't be as good as last year. He can't have the same MVP season. It's natural regression, yet no one talks about the natural regression that will happen in the Buffalo franchise. I love Brian Dayball. He should be a, a head coach somewhere. This team can simply not be as good as what they were. They scored more touchdown than they had punts last year. That is an impossible thing to replicate. I do not think they're the world beaters. I love that defense, but that offense cannot be as good. From what we've seen from early Josh Allen, that jump was so far, I believe it's going to be an outlier year for Josh Allen. I really don't like this run game at all. You cannot survive in the NFL going 60-40 pass. If that passing game comes down a little bit, if Stefan Diggs is a touch more coverable, if John Brown makes that much of a difference to Gabriel Davis, if Cole Beasley is that much of a step slower than he was last year, that offense comes a step down, the run game does not come a step up, and that team comes a step down. Talking about below expectations... I think the Buffalo Bills hit below expectations, especially with a stronger Miami team and a stronger New England team. I'm killing the Buffalo Bills. But now it is time to move on to the season-long win total bets. And I'm going to go to the man who has been shaking his head for the past five minutes of me talking, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio. You have the AFC East. Where are you going for a season-long win total bet, my friend? I was just chuckling sort of about how uh, later on in the season I'm going to come back and grab this audio clip and put it all over our social media when you are so wrong about the Bills. You talk, you talk, about, them, you talk about them like the Kansas City Chiefs don't exist, like we didn't just watch Patrick Mahomes go from a nobody that no one thought would be great to literally the greatest quarterback we've seen in a generation. <laughs> Pat Mahomes but, was as good as soon as he stepped on the field, but keep going. But 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 I I digress. Uh, for my 
season-long win total. We'll get back to that later on in the season when you're wrong. I'm going with my New England Patriots. Nine and a half wins is very achievable for this team after a seven-win season last year. We've talked about all the things that they added. I think this team uh, does get better. Uh, again, a, long, a tough stretch uh, down the end. Uh, with the Bills twice in the last couple of weeks of the season. But this is a very manageable uh, schedule for a good team. I think Mac Jones is the real deal as well. I do think we see him this uh, this season, um, I think probably before week four, uh, potentially starting a game, if not if not at least in the game. I'm going Patriots over 9.5 wins at plus 105. I am also going Patriots over 9.5 wins. I love this team and I've talked about them enough already before we go to the resident sharp to close us out let's go to our guest Mr. Buffalo Borock himself what is your win total and where are you going with it um so obviously you know I think the bills are at 10 and a half right 10 and a half or 11 if you could find them at 10 and a half that's great I've been finding them at 11 but 10 and a half is a good number you know obviously I'm a huge fan Tony of the bills and I respect every take you just had I just I think Josh Allen is so good that he has a chance to get even better. He he came out himself and said, hey, I made a ton of mistakes last year. I got lucky on some passes that should have been intercepted. I've gotten really lucky in some of the scenarios I've been in. Should have lost a fumble. I was able to keep plays like that. I think the Bills, I think the Bills are going to win between 13 and 14 games this year. I really do. I think they're going to be very tough to beat even for home teams. I think they're going to go on the road and win a lot of games. They're that good. What happens when the luck runs out, though? That's all I want to know. What when does that luck good, run out? The luck isn't going to run no. out. Each, uh, again, you got you to gotta listen to what the guest is saying, Dangle. Shea for the Sharp, end us with the win-loss. Guys, this is a tough one for me. I absolutely uh, lean Bills over for sure. I am worried a tad, just a tad about a little regression like you talked about, Tony, because Allen was so good. I'm buying all the Josh Allen stack, all the Josh Allen stock I can Um, but I think that win total at 11 is basically right there I kind of was leaning Dolphins under but again the two is such a it's such a question mark for me you know my take on it I don't want to bet on it Um, I hate to be I hate to be on the same side as my two co-hosts but when I was really preparing for this and I kept going back to what Dangle said. And for me to give Dangle's credit is 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 a big I thing. I know it's I know it's um, hard for you. The fact that this New England Patriots team won seven games last year, I I really I really I had a, I had a hard time grasping that. <laughs> so when I'm looking at their win total at nine and a half at plus money in Dangs, and you can get them at an even nine at minus one forty, they have the easiest schedule preseason uh, before the games actually start in the NFL. We obviously you had talked about their additions on defense um, for the COVID stuff, Hightower. Don't forget the the Lions' awesome draft pick, Kyle Van Noy, who only is good with the Patriots. He sucks with the Dolphins. He's only good with the Patriots. He's back. Um, they still have a secondary. I know Gilmore and, and McCourty have some questions with injuries. They have the two Michigan edge rushers. and But we really haven't talked about one guy here a lot in this podcast, guys, and it's Bill fucking Belichick. And when you look at his resume – that was such an outlier year for him last year with the talent. And I, I can't stand the idea of Cam as a quarterback. I can't stand it. The guy looks like he's throwing a 20-yard pass. Like he has a shot put the size of a 50-pound shot put. But we talked about motivation. And there's any motivation watching Tom Brady win a Super Bowl last year that Bill Belichick has to come back in an extra game in a 17-game schedule. Do I think they can get to double digits? I do. I like the Bills to win this division right at 11-12 wins, but I am taking the New England Patriots to reach double-digit wins at plus 105. That is my best bet for the AFC East. And that is a fiery. A fi- if that 
if this show right now is a prelude to what we have over the next few days, we have some fun radio coming for you, folks, because that is it for the AFC East MFK breakdown. It was a lot of fun, a lot of stuff going out there. Thank you, Buffalo Borock, for coming on the show. <laughs> We're definitely going to have you back, whether I'm right or whether you're right about your Buffalo Bills. You have to come back, right? I will definitely be back and obviously always appreciate the time and the invite and the opportunity to uh, kind of do what I'm passionate about and talking about the Buffalo Bills, but this took it even a step further, right? We talked about the entire division and and who I'm going to fuck in the division and who I'm going to marry. I mean, this was, this <laughs> Sorry, was a really good segment. No, Bark's a good friend of Julie. He, she, she won't mind. She, she won't mind that he's Look, swearing. Is Real it quick, crass? Yes, you, but it is a fan favorite <laughs> segment. It always gets listened for whatever reasons because people love to play it in high school and their baser selves still like to play it now. That is it for the AFC East breakdown. Tomorrow is the AFC North. AFC for the rest of this week. NFC for next week. It's a lot to talk about, but we we are here to make you money, and we are the West Coast Gamblers. For Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio, for Shape of the Sharp, Drew Shaper Crookson, my name is Tony Cavallo. Thank you again to our guest, Buffalo Bar, for coming on the show. And as always, to you listeners, thank you for listening. Who you betting on? Always on black, fast stats in the pocket, whole squad, fast cash. Send the bookie, tell him, bring it from the bag. No, we coming for the bag. To the G, West Coast Gambles. Who you betting on? Always on black, fast stats in the pocket, whole squad, fast cash. Send the bookie, tell them bring it from the bag. No, we coming for the game. Sets up deep in the pocket. Goes down the field for Smith. Oh, he caught it. Smith, touchdown, 85 yards. Dove C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.